When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, I want to challenge a little some of our priors here, Matt. Is that all right? Do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, look, we have given no. Uh, it may be like we, we talk about Devonte Parker a lot on this show, but not really like in terms of like what that means for Devonte Parker. It means we like, talk oh, about Devonte Parker as like... an idea. We talk about yeah. him as an idea, not exactly. as an actual player. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. But I want to challenge our priors because we've completely written off every Patriots wide receiver other than Juju Smith Schuster, who I think is a fairly decent value in, in the mid to late rounds of your fantasy football draft. But in regards to real life and in fantasy football, uh, I want to challenge our priors that the Patriots outside wide receivers are completely irrelevant. Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, uh, and maybe to a, a little bit of a degree, Kayshawn Booty, the, 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 the rookie out of LSU. These guys are all unranked in your tiers. Okay. And you've gone down pretty deep when you go into the, uh, into the rankings there for Matt Harmon. Um, but Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton in particular, Matt, I, I just kind of wanted to get a sense of maybe are we kind of sort of maybe possibly overlooking these guys? I mean, again, remember, uh, they've got a brand new mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Uh, we've got Mac Jones potentially developing here as a passer as well. And part and one of these two guys, Parker Thornton, I think will have a, a almost an every down role with this New England offense. So, I mean, I have Devontae Parker at wide receiver 88. That is ranked uh, when you go to the wide receiver tab. It is ranked, but it is ranked quite low. And this is one thing I want people to – I just had Rich Rebar on the Yahoo podcast um, and Scott Barrett also on the Yahoo podcast this past week. And one thing we we talked about on both those episodes is like we talk a lot about in fantasy as like, oh, this guy's going to beat his ADP. Um, I think Devontae Parker will beat a wide receiver 80, oh, certainly a wide receiver 88 spot. He's going to be <laughs> higher than that. Okay. And if you actually look at like uh-huh. consensus ADP, he's still um, quite low Devontae Parker. I'm, he's wide receiver 81. If he has the role he had last year, he's going to be better than wide receiver 81. And by the way, I think he's going to be in that same role because he's the only player here who could start at X receiver. But James, let me ask you this. Devontae Parker beats his ADP, which is probably a lock of wide receiver 81. Who gives a shit? Um, like, <laughs> what's he going to be? How much is he going to beat it? You know, uh-huh. this is the thing we've been talking about on the show over there. It's like, you got to think more about, like, what's re- really the upside of a Devontae Parker? Like, yeah, he could beat it and be wide receiver 53. 
big freaking whoop. You know, who cares? Um, there's a reason we don't talk about this offense because we don't think there's any upside in this offense, right? And and I think mm-hmm. that's the thing with Parker, who also is tapped out and doesn't have any more upside as a player. Like, he is what he is. He's not He's not trash, but he's just like an average starting NFL, which is why we talk about him in the X receiver archetype all the time. He's like an average starting NFL X receiver. That's like the baseline for NFL X receivers. It's like you have to be Devontae Parker. Ideally, you want them to be more. You don't want them to be um, worse than that, which is why he comes up on the show all the freaking time. <laughs> so I, I hear your point about Parker that like, yeah, he technically like if you're playing best ball, you know, you could he probably going to have some moments and all that stuff. Um, I just think that he's tapped out as a player, and I think the offense probably has a cap ceiling as well. Thornton, at different points in the offseason, there was some buzz about Tyquan Thornton, yeah. and like even oh, some yeah. fantasy analysts were like, "Oh, Tyquan Thornton, like he could, he could be interesting." I'm like, "And did you watch this guy play last year?" Um, in the in-season rookie report, uh, which is still on the, the website by the way for Prime and Sicko subscribers, four-game sample for Tyquan Thornton. Um, a 58.5% success rate versus man coverage, 73.2% success rate versus man coverage or zone coverage in that sample. So not very good. And he was primarily lining up outside at 84%, which is where he would have to play, right? Uh, If if he was going to see the field for this team, because he's not going to play over Juju in the slot. Juju's only a slot receiver. And at this point in camp, like, He's had such an up and down summer. It seems like Kendrick Bourne, who fell out of favor with the coaching staff, might play over him. Crazy. So, like, he might be the fourth receiver on this team at this point, and which kind of makes sense because I think he's mostly just a speed gadget guy based on even those four. Like, I had that four game sample, and I was like, wow, if he keeps getting summer buzz, like, I might have to add the last four games. And now I'm not really sure that I need to. So, there you go. I I I think that we kind of know based <laughs> on his rookie season that Thornton's probably a gadgety, speed based player only. Uh, and, and Parker, again, it just there's just I think he's just tapped out as an average starting X receiver. So Parker, he's going into his age 31 season. Now, remember, he did sign a, a, a bit of a three year extension. I think most people view it more as a salary cap move, although I did think that yeah. was odd that they gave him any new money at all. Uh, but that's OK. And then Tyquan Thornton played in 13 games last year, only 22 receptions, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Believe it or not, Matt, both of those touchdowns came while he was lined up in the slot, believe it or not, despite the fact that he played about 80% of his snaps outside. Both of his uh, touchdowns did come while lined up inside. If there is a reason for people to get excited about Tyquan Thornton or why people are getting excited about Tyquan Thornton, I think the offensive coordinator change certainly has um, raised the ceiling, I think, of the Patriots' passing attack. His 4-2-8-40 speed, though, I think is what people say, okay, Let's give this guy a chance. 36 and a half inch vertical, 6'2", 180 pounds. But man, when you run that 4'2", though, anytime you crack 4'3", people are going to say, okay, let's see yeah. what's going on. Then you add in the height, 6'2". Um, and, and that's when it starts from an athletic profile, starts to get really interesting. Yeah, but he's like 180 pounds. He's he so is. skinny. That's, that's the thing. He's rail thin. Wasn't there something about like his wrist size or something like people were talking about how small his wrists were or something at some point leading up to the NFL draft because he's like so skinny or am I? Well, I mean, listen, pal, (laughs) every body part is examined. People start talking about your wrist size, your ankle size, like all kinds of like stuff that you never think about uh, when when you're talking about football. All of a sudden during the combine, because we got to create content, all of a sudden, all that stuff matters. It's funny. I'm reading. I'm reading this in uh, the Providence Journal now. Yeah, 
according to the Athletics, Dane Brugler, he noted that at six and one eighth inches, Thornton had the skinniest wrists in the draft at 181 pounds. <laughs> He was also the lightest wide receiver ever drafted by Bill Belichick. In case you're wondering, oh his God. eight and a quarter inch hands put him in the second percentile of all receivers ever at the NFL scouting combine. Um, he sounds like an <laughs> oversized baby. Like <laughs> Thornton, Thornton responded, um, skinny wrists. Good what do you Lord. use your wrists for? <laughs> Who noted his wrists have never limited in a game? I've never heard of that one. So, oh my goodness, man! I love. First of all, I love the beast, uh, Dane Brugler. Oh yeah, Dane Brugler is like a, he's, a monster. He's the absolute best. I love it. But, the, <laughs> but man, that right—that's like the peak of combine coverage, right there. You know, you're like, good lord! Oh my god, we're talking about wrist size. It's amazing, unbelievable. Uh, good stuff there. Um, I, I'll throw some other uh, volume-ish numbers out there in regards to New England, and then we can move on. But. New England was 21st in total wide receiver pass attempts. But again, I just want to reiterate Bill O'Brien back in the fold. Yeah. You know, okay. Uh, surprisingly, though, Matt, I think this might surprise you. They were 30th in slot wide receiver target percentage. Okay. Uh, that surprised me because Jacoby Myers was their top target getter last year. So 96 targets. Pretty good in that offense. Um and surprisingly, actually, they had the 11th highest outside wide receiver target percentage at 37%. So if it tells you anything, I don't know, I don't know if, the, if it was the OC, if it was Mac Jones or whatever it was, but the fact that they threw to the outside at a higher rate than they threw to the inside, um, again, if you want to kind of put some pieces together here in regards to Devonte Parker, there's at least a little bit of that as well. I think a lot of that was where they, I mean, how often they were running two, where they running two tight end sets off were they even running 11 personnel as often uh, as many other teams. Remember they tried to install like a Shanahan style wide zone running scheme in, in training right. camp with Matt Patricia right. and Joe judge doing the installation. And they got like oh halfway boy. through camp. They're like, no, nope, let's forget it. Oh <laughs> Never boy. mind. We're not going to do that anymore. So um, I just think every, I look, everything from last year should be thrown in the trash from like a, what they did type of perspective. Cause it just right. wasn't a serious operation. I, I just, Oh my God, I guess I, I, I can't even, I, I just can't get myself excited about this new England offense this year. Cause I just don't really buy into any of the players outside of Roger Stevenson, who I think is really good. You know, they signed Mike Gusecki and he's probably going to like, he's probably going to play fewer snaps than Hunter Henry this year. Like take that to the <laughs> bank. That's going to, that's going to happen. It's already been talked about in camp. Um, Tyquan Thornton, their second round pick, you know, he of the skinny wrists is not, he's going to be their fourth receiver. Yeah. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is pretty good. He's like a fine, he's a fine, solid NFL. He should be the, he's like the Devontae Parker of slot receivers. Like you <laughs> want them to be at least as good as Juju Smith-Schuster. Ideally, uh-huh. you'd want them to be better. They can't be worse. Um, like I think Jacoby Myers is a better player than Juju Smith-Schuster. So um, I, I just, I can't get all that gassed up about any of these players in fantasy because, oh, by the way, they're going to play – I still think they're going to play slow. They're going to run the ball a lot, and their defense is going to be good this year. So um, I don't think they're going to be in situations where they need to push it very often as a team. 
All right, very good. Uh, let's talk about Darnell Mooney there in Chicago. He's going to be the number two wide receiver behind DJ Moore. Uh, broke his ankle there in week number 12 in 2022. He needed surgery, but uh, all the reports out of camp are, is that he's good, he's healthy, he's running, uh, and it's fine. You know, he had a 1,000-yard season in 2021, Matt, but in 12 games last year, with Justin Fields trying to figure things out and, uh, you know, uh, the offense, uh, you know, again, just trying to just trying to just grow. Um, yeah, he had 40 receptions, 493 yards and just two touchdowns last year in 12 games. Um, you've got him in the tier eight section. So we're talking deep sleepers now. Darius Slayton, Alan Lazar, Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, Alan Robinson, MVS and Alec Pierce, other players in this tier group. Uh, Matt Harmon, this is a man, Darnell Mooney, that was a 50-50 inside-outside player. I don't know. Methinks that actually works pretty well with what they've got with DJ Moore as well. These, these are guys that can, that can kind of sort of flip-flop themselves uh, and move all around the football field. Yeah, I think that he actually is like a really su- – I think he probably ideally would be your three, but it's much more passable if Darnell Mooney's your two than he is as a number one receiver for the Bears last year. Um, right. Like, I think he, he, in 2021, he showed, you know, 67.5% success rate versus man, 77.8% success rate versus zone. Those are like league average numbers. There's nothing terrible. Um, but he really wasn't very good. 32nd percentile overall against uh, press coverage. I think if you could play him as your flanker and you could move him as like a speed slot receiver, that's probably the ideal, ideal um, spot for him. You know he's he's a good deep threat. He can run nine routes. He can, but but he can win a little bit on like intermediate patterns too. Digs, comebacks, curls, out routes a little bit too. Um, I like Darnell Mooney a little bit as a player. Uh, you know, from like a fantasy standpoint, it's just there again. What's the ceiling here? Like, I think Justin Fields would have to take a massive leap uh, as a passer for them to really open this thing up. I they, I know they're not going to run him, and they probably will not run as slow and as run heavy as they were last year. Right. But I mean, dude, I can, I, I can barely get myself gassed up about, you know, DJ Moore in fantasy, just from a volume perspective. I'm, I'm really would struggle to do that with, uh, with, uh, Darnell Mooney, but I do think Mooney is, um, is a pretty good, is a pretty good player and somebody, um, in, in, in somebody that I think is a little bit forgotten about, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, by the way, DJ Moore for the Panthers last year was a 65, 35 outside inside guy, Matt. And, and from what I recall, you like that versatility, uh, there for DJ Moore. Cause I, I just, I'm with you. I, I don't see him. I don't view him as a purely outside X receiver type of player. I think he will play as the X receiver most often for this team, but I think you can line him up inside DJ Moore. You can line him up, um, get him going on crossing routes. I think the one thing that the Matt rule Panthers like criminally, criminally underused uh, DJ Moore was like routes that got him working over the middle, by the way, to bring this all back to where we talked about uh, at the top, you know, who's terrible reading the middle of the field, you know, who's terrible at um, working the middle of the field. Like a lot of other bad short quarterbacks, it's Baker Mayfield, just to bring it back to that like Evans <laughs> conversation we had at the top of the show. Um, okay. So I think that DJ Moore like didn't get a lot of use as that player with the Matt Rule Panthers, but we did see him play really well as a vertical X receiver. And I think he brings vertical X receiver ability to the Chicago Bears offense, but he can play inside too. And I think that 
like Justin Fields hasn't had anybody in his first few seasons that can confidently and consistently worked on those crossing routes and could bring you like yak ability. And that's the thing I think DJ Moore has been most underutilized as a slot receiver or an off ball flanker receiver, getting those free releases, getting the ball in his hands quickly. Cause I think like we talk, this is a take I, I have that probably nobody agrees with, but when we talk about receivers, like, Oh, who could be the Debo? Who could be Debo Samuel? Who could be like a, and you could be in the Debo. Can LaVisca Chenault be the next Debo Samuel? That's the the pop out of Panthers training camp. No, because he can't do the real receiver things and also be a great okay. yak receiver who can take handoffs. I actually kind of think DJ Moore, if any receiver was going to do it, and no other receiver is going to do it, but if any other receiver was going to do it, I actually kind of think DJ Moore might be the guy. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, interesting stuff there. Um, okay. Um, by the way, Cole Komet. <clears throat> ended the year last year leading the team in targets with 69 69, 69 targets <laughs> targets was the leading target getter in that bears offense uh mooney obviously as we mentioned did get um ankle uh ha- he had a broken ankle need surgery there uh but did lead the team in targets per game with 5.1 per game no one else had, um, again, it's Cole Komet and, and Darnell Mooney. Um, no one else had more than 41 targets on that offense. That is crazy. That's wild. Uh, wild stuff there. Uh, although I will say this. I, look, Darnell Mooney, uh, interesting player. Come off that ankle surgery, certainly uh, I think a, a bit of a cause for concern. Everyone says he's healthy, but still, you never know. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, in that tier eight group, I think the guy that I'm most excited about, Matt, um, and again, I'll, I'll go over it very quickly, but Darius Slayton, Alan Lazar, Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, Allen Robinson, MVS. I'm really interested in Alec Pierce, yeah. you know, uh, and I get it. You know, we didn't see a ton from Alec Pierce, but I thought there were times last season where as just a straight downhill or downfield runner, um, this guy could absolutely play. And I just wonder with that big old cannon attached to Anthony Richardson, maybe Alec Pierce becomes a nice one, two combination with Michael Pittman as well. He's going to be the discount version of all those guys we talked about. Like he's a great arbitrage play on the guys we talked about in wide receiver tier five, you know, mm. the volatile players where like he, he literally is the arbitrage George Pickens. Uh, he is the arbitrage Gabe Davis. Like those guys mm-hmm. are, um, it's just they're so similar from a usage perspective, like the ideal role. Now, right. I think Pickens probably has a higher theoretical ceiling, um, you know, but Gabe Davis, like Alec Pierce could easily be better than Gabe Davis. It's just like how Agreed. much are they going to throw the ball? I think the fact that Michael Pittman's going to dominate like first read targets there, it's going to be tough for Alec Pierce to have uh, any standalone value and like um, or any like predictable, consistent value unless Anthony Richardson is just awesome from day one, which is possible. But I love. I really like Alec Pierce as a player. We're we're on the same page with him as a as a pure player that he he could be he could easily be like a Gabe Davis type, 
um, and a better version of Gabe Davis. And I think the gap between him and, and George Pickens is a lot closer than um, Camp Hype certainly uh, would, would, would have you believe. <laughs> I think to your point, look, George Pickens has um, he has a much larger catch radius. Um, yeah, he probably has the largest Pierce. catch radius in the NFL, maybe right now. Like everything, probably true. anything, anything in his vicinity is is uh, is a possible grab. But again, from the reception perception, you know, you know, um, look of everything, I, I just feel like Pierce probably has a, a few more skill sets, um, a, a little bit more skill in terms of getting open uh, deep downfield. You know, um, and you know, maybe won't have to rely on those crazy contested catches to make plays. Um, but again, I, I really like him. I, I think he's going to be a good player. Um, and the fact that he's just going so late in drafts, I mean, come on now. You, you're getting this guy practically for free. You know what I mean? Um, and I look at the wide receiver room too, Matt, and it's pretty much cleared out. It's, it's Michael Pittman. It's Alec Pierce. You know, they've got, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor crossing our fingers. Hopefully he'll be in, hopefully he'll be there playing for the Colts. Uh, but the tight ends too, they, there's a, a little bit of a mix at the tight end position. Uh, but I, I just wonder, I just wonder if Alec Pierce can be the, you know, the clear cut number two wide receiver there for Indianapolis. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, by the way, I think we've also noted, um, and a lot of people have noted, when you get a mobile quarterback like Anthony Richardson is projected to be, sometimes you know these broken down plays they don't they don't check down to running backs they don't check down yeah. to these little you know uh, little guys floating around with their tight ends in the you know in the in the little short area of the field. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times what they do, man, they just create with their legs and they just chuck it deep. <laughs> you yeah. know what? Give or me Alec Pierce in those situations, man. Yeah, or their scrambles, um, you know, as well. I think the difference between a guy like Justin Fields, you know, where the Bears ran like 377 passing attempts last year, which is just absurd in the modern yeah. NFL. I think the reason – people think that the Colts are going to run an offense like that. I don't think so because yeah, Anthony Richardson doesn't take sacks like Justin Fields takes sacks. Uh, he processes a little bit. Like his, 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 his clock's moving a little faster. Um, and some of these guys that take a bunch of sacks and have rush attempts. So the passing volume is not going to be great in Indy, but I don't think it's going to be as bottom barrel as people think. And so Richardson can keep the offense moving also with his legs. And also, I mean, let me tell you what you're not going to do if they have a great running game with Anthony Richardson and, you know, fingers crossed, Jonathan Taylor. Like these guys are not going to have this safety's coming down in the box, right? Like, so Michael Pittman's going to have single coverage. Alec Pierce is going to have single coverage on those go routes. Yeah. Um, Josh Downs. I mean, we've got to mention my guy, Josh Downs. I love Josh Downs, the third round slot receiver from UNC there. Um, like, I think he'll be in time would be, can be even better than Pierce. And I, I like Pierce as a player. So I don't know if it's going to be in his rookie year, but still like he's going to have single coverage, like two way goes as the, from, from a slot receiver perspective and man coverage zone coverage. He's going to have open windows there. This is, this offense, if Anthony Richardson is good, and if these receivers are as good as you and I think they are, this offense is going to be one of the most difficult to defend in the NFL this year. Um, Absolutely. Right away from an Anthony Richardson perspective, which I think opens things up for Pierce, definitely to have those monster weeks. Good luck trying to predict when they are, but I do think he's going to have those monster weeks. And similarly with obviously with Michael Pittman, I mean, Michael Pittman is definitely like, he's he's one of my guys this year you know he's one of my guys again reception perception but i'm very from a fantasy perspective like i'm very high on him this year um being like a great like buy back in after everybody's pissed off about him not being good enough last year like but he wasn't good enough but he was still good he was so good (laughs) yeah yeah you know also his quarterback couldn't throw the ball beyond like seven yards 
What's, what's going I mean, on here? I break. Yeah, exactly. You know, come on, man. Like, it wasn't, it's like, look, if you drafted Michael Pittman, that didn't sink your fantasy seat. Come on. You know, that, that, that's not what sunk your team. Come on. It's bro, just because you know? he ended up going very, very high, which I will admit I was a big part of wanting. Like, I agreed that we should push <laughs> him that high. I just didn't think that Matt Ryan's arm was going to completely fall off. And unfortunately, oh, my it God. Yeah, it, was, it just went kaputs all of a sudden out of nowhere. OK, anyways. All right. So that's the show. We're running a little bit long, but that's all right. Uh, we're going to get back to you here in a couple of days here. But great show. Um, but again, if you want to go check out the website, receptionperception.com, we're by the way, man, we're going to get some more quarterbacks out here pretty soon. Um, and just the marriage of this data set for me has just been phenomenal, phenomenal. Matt, and I know you feel the exact same way. Looking at quarterback data, pairing that with the wide receivers, vice versa, doing those type of things. Uh, it's been awesome. I think for the website and I know Matt, you would agree. Hell yeah, man. It's been great. Um, I'm hoping to get a few more receiver profiles up here. Um, mentioned some guys like that. I definitely need to get up like Tyree kill, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Chris, Christian Kirk. I uh, mm. want to get all those players up here, uh, because just, just catching up, uh, from, from being behind on things after the move, but want to get those guys all up. Um, would love to also get a, obviously Marquise Brown too. And then, you know, hit some guys too, before, before the summer ends. So we're getting close to it. About a month left. Um, got the fantasy football expo this weekend, uh, James. Hey. So I'm going to be out there. That'll be exciting. Okay. Uh, so hope, hoping to meet a lot of people, but uh, it, so it feels like summer is ending, even though it's only ending oh, for us, uh, NFL, uh, people <laughs> for sure. Hey, listen, dude, my, my daughter is about to start fourth grade and I, and I don't know how to feel. I've got all kinds of feels about that, you know, but I'm like, dude. man, summer is done, baby. Summer fourth grade, is done fourth grade feels like, uh, that's a jump, you know, that's a leap. A little bit. I, well, every year is a leap. It feels like, oh, to yeah. be honest, one hundred percent honest with you. So I'm just like, I'm not mentally prepared for <sighs> to be a dad of a of a fourth grader. That's not. I mean, in my mind, I'm still out there, you know, playing golf on the weekends and you know, crushing a you know a, a twelve pack of beers with the boys. But that's that that those days are long gone, my friend. And now I'm a dad of a fourth grader. Come on, man, what's going on? <laughs> Wasn't even that long ago. You know, we were talking about Baby Co on the. Uh... <laughs> on the NFL fantasy podcast and oh way, my God. way back in the day. I mean, it was, was feels a like forever ago, ago. but yeah, yeah, that's not baby co anymore. That's a real, real, real person co. And, uh, and you, uh, you are just slowly, I mean, after our last episode of talking about life expectancy, <laughs> I've appreciated people, um, trying to make us feel better about, Oh, those yeah. rates are skewed because of infant mortality. It's like, yeah, right. well, James is still pretty much cooked. So I'm pretty much done. Like, yeah. Life expectancy was like 50. I'm like, Oh, great. So I'm dead anyways. Good. Perfect. <laughs> Jesus. Good Lord. Anyways. All right. That's the show, man. We got to go. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Like, and subscribe. If you will go to the reception, uh, go to the website, receptionperception.com. But for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. And remember, remember it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.